Change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded. This weekend, this is Tesla, your host of the Internet Radio Talk Show, Socialism is Not an Option. Every weekend, we bring you three fantastic, exciting shows that are sure to make you laugh, cry, get angry, and even think. 
start your weekend on Friday night with the Roundtable Roundup Edition. This show features other radio hosts and listeners who call in. And it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get when the show opens. Our Saturday program is the American Exceptionalism Edition that focuses on the Constitution and our founding fathers in light of today's current events emphasizing America's greatness. The American Exceptionalism Edition is for all patriots. And our Hot Topic program sizzles every Sunday as we analyze the important national and international issues with intelligent political analysis without the bells and whistles. If you want the truth without the distractions, Sunday is where you want to be. Join us every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on the Internet radio talk show, Socialism is Not an Option. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Kessler. See you this weekend. Socialism is not an option. WWDB 24-7 Internet Talk Radio. When we do Internet Talk Radio, we receive support from a great many areas. We have listener support, of course, and some who help with the promoting. One group that often goes unrecognized are the wives of Internet Talk Radio hosts. They are the ones who tolerate our dalliances and the time we invest in our hobbies. Well, this is one way we can properly recognize those who are closest to us by broadcasting their sincere sentiments regarding our passions. Are you going to stay up all night? You're a family, you know. You're always at that computer. It's getting closer. It's halftime at the primaries. Super Tuesday is the day that could potentially decide the GOP nomination. Four remaining candidates. Eleven states. Across four time zones. From the people who brought you the ever-popular Iowa Caucus All-Night Special. We're back. Bringing you another fantastic night of results coverage. The Super Tuesday All-Night Special. March 3rd, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Seven hours of exciting, uninterrupted coverage. Follow the links from one show to the next. What are the shows? Well, I'm glad you asked. Teaming up again is Tesla with Doc Jones, Dave Gray, and Chiski Rocks, and Jermaine, a.k.a. GGT183. Special commentator and contributor throughout the night is Annie Ubella of Southern Sense. At 7 p.m., Kessler will host Socialism is Not an Option on a special Tuesday night episode. 
calls him a blazing idiot. <sighs> well, folks, we're almost there. The weekend's almost here. I will be in Georgia, and I will be playing flag football on Saturday with some of the boys. Hopefully, 2020 will make it out to the field. And I understand if he's a little old, a little slow, perhaps slightly overweight. I, I dig it. I I hey I understand these things. I understand that that sometimes you don't want to get out there amongst those young guys and embarrass yourself, miss a few passes here, a few passes there. Hell, the last time I was out on the field, the guy opposite me thought the ball was coming to me as soon as the snap came, and he said, "Grandpa," as if to let everybody know that I was going to get the ball. He said, Grandpa, can you believe that? I, <laughs> I thought it was funny. He called me Grandpa. That's almost as bad as saying Gramps. Grandpa is going to get the ball. Oh, my goodness. Hey, so I understand if G-Ski can't make it this weekend. You Pull a hammy, getting out of bed, you know, twist an ankle, heading for that breakfast tray. You know, you get up in the middle of the night, gotta go take a pee. We all do it, especially at my age. And you stub your toe. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're injured. You're on injured reserve. You can't make it to the flag football game. I dig it. I understand these things. So, tonight's show, I'll tell you what, it's going to be pretty good, if I do say so myself. Today's date, February 16th, 2019. 
2012 A.D., beautiful old town Alexandria, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Last night, Representative Alan West, Republican Florida, took to the floor of the House. He did so to commemorate Black History Month and also to educate the public to the Republican Party's history of standing up for freedom. Indeed, the Republican Party has always been the party of freedom. And Representative West said so. He said, and I quote, Without free people, there can be no free markets, end quote. He also talked about the rise of the welfare state and what it's done to the lives of black Americans. Let's take a listen, shall we? Chair recognizes the gentleman from Florida, Mr. West, for 30 minutes. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I ask for unanimous consent to revise and extend my remarks. Without objection. Mr. Speaker, in commemoration of Black History Month, I rise to acknowledge the Republican Party's proud and storied history of standing up for the rights of African Americans. The first black members of Congress served during Reconstruction, and they were all Republicans. They won their seats despite fierce threats of violence against black voters by groups like the Ku Klux Klan, and were successful only as a result of the firm support they received from the Republican Party. One of these members was Josiah T. Walls, a slave who earned his freedom through service to the Union in the Civil War. He settled in Alachua County in our sunny state of Florida and was repeatedly elected to Congress at large. In some ways, Mr. Speaker, I carry the torch of Josiah Walls. You see, in 1876, the Democrats contested his election and had him replaced midterm with one of their own. No black Republican would again be elected from Florida to this House until November the 2nd of 2010, when the voters of that state entrusted me to be their representative. On my desk in my office, there was a book called Capital Men, and it's a biography of those first black members of Congress. I stand where Josiah Walls and the other early black Republican members of Congress once stood, Hiram Revels of Mississippi, Benjamin Turner of Alabama, Jefferson Long of Georgia, Robert DeLarge, Robert Brown Ellicott, and Joseph Rainey, all of South South Carolina. They were the ones who carried that first torch for my colleague, Tim Scott. They would have stood here urging support for policies of equal opportunity for all. Mr. Speaker, I stand here this evening to recognize their legacy. The Republican Party has always been the party of freedom. Today, we understand that our principles are best served when we act as stalwart advocates of free markets. But historically, Republicans understood that the value of every human life is diminished when any human life is made to work against its will. Free markets are characterized by the free exchange of goods and services and by the free exchange of labor for compensation. See, Mr. Speaker, without free people, there can be no free markets. Where men are not free, freedom does not reign. And so the Republicans have always been the party of free men, of individual freedom. It was Abraham Lincoln, the president, the father of the grand old party, 
who signed the Emancipation Proclamation and brought about the freeing of the slaves. For many, this is the beginning and the end of the Republican Party's role in advancing equal rights. But that understanding misses the myriad ways our party went on to better the lives of black Americans and cheapens the many contributions that later generations of Republicans made to the cause of freedom. It was, in fact, Republicans of their day who worked to pass the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th Amendments, securing for African Americans deliverance from slavery, equal protection under the law, and the right to vote. Each of these accomplishments did its part to cement the fundamental freedoms all Americans enjoy today. None of them could have gotten off the ground without GOP support. Take the 13th Amendment, for example. At Abraham Lincoln's request, the Republican National Committee Chairman, Edwin Morgan, made abolishing Indeed. slavery an official Indeed. of the party's platform. In and you know what? Here's the thing. Well, we're back with the C. Robert Jones situation report. That clip goes on rather long. It's rather lengthy, and I didn't want to didn't want to go all the way through it. Now the show would be over by the time uh, by the time that uh, that clip was over. Have you ever asked yourselves why so many black folks vote Democrat when it was the Republican Party that freed the slaves? Republicans encouraged blacks to vote even when it was when it wasn't uh, a good thing to do i'm reminded of a story condoleezza rice told as to how and why her father became a republican and why later on in life she followed in his footsteps he had gone to polling places in alabama and even when he lived in Mississippi, but chiefly in Alabama, he'd go to polling places, Democrat polling places, and he was either turned away, called all sorts of vile names, or a poll tax was enacted, and he was still encouraged not to vote. Well, he walked across the street, just across the street, to the Republican polling booth. What? They they encouraged him with open arms, come on in, vote. He was treated with respect and with dignity. He was allowed to vote. He walked out. He went home. He never forgot about that. And neither did Condoleezza. That's what it's all about. All those lynchings, well, not all of them, I'm sure, but most of them, all those beatings, they came at the hands of Southern Democrats, but yet you still have black folks voting Democrat, and why is that? Well, the reason is simple. The Democrats promise black folks something for nothing. The Republicans aren't promising black folks anything but freedom and the chance to live out your dreams using the talents God gave you. Well, well, black folks aren't feeling the love there. They're more like, where's mine? What's in it for me? If I vote for you, Maxine Waters, what are you going to do for me? 
You see, John Boehner and Eric Cantor are saying to black folks, come on and vote. All we can promise you is that we will do our jobs, and we will see that you get a fair opportunity. All that stuff Barack Obama's talking about, except I don't have anything free to give you. We simply can't afford to give you something for free. And the Democrats are saying, I got something for you. My pockets may be bare, but I'm going to take some money from those rich white folks, and I'm going to give you some. And all you got to do is vote for me and support me and keep me in office, and I'll keep giving you something for nothing. I'll keep giving you free stuff. That's the difference between Republicans and Democrats. Listen to this clown, Maxine Waters, with her wig askew, talking about Republicans. Her wig is actually askew. It's a great pleasure to introduce one of our great members of Congress, the Chief Deputy Whip of the Democratic Caucus, a ranking member of the Subcommittee on Capital Markets and Financial Services, a member of the DNC. But I, w- I want to tell you something about Maxine. Three or four years ago, I can't remember. Well, she'll tell you more about herself, but I want to get this in. But I found out I work with a bunch of foster children and found out that that HUD, when a foster child gets put in with the grandparent and something they call the kin gap program, they get money for taking care of the kid, the kid's expenses, but they were also getting a supplement from HUD for Section 8 housing, and some genius idiot at HUD decided that this money they get for the child, which isn't enough really to support a kid, should count as income, therefore putting the grandparent outside the HUD limits, giving them a very easy choice. Do I give up my Section 8 housing or do I give up my grandchild? Well, the Democrats were in control of the Congress that uh, year, and I got Max on the phone And those of us that know her know how politely she talked to the people at HUD. But within less than two weeks, they forgot all about that ruling. I give you our great member of Congress, the Honorable Maxine Waters. Honorable my ass. Democrats, before I share a few remarks with you, I want you to know that the song that Miss Yee came out on was sung by Whitney Houston. As you know, Whitney Houston was found in her hotel room dead, announced yesterday. I would like us to just have a moment of silence in honor of the memory of one of the world's all very much. To Chairman Burton, thank you for those very kind words. Speaker Perez, statewide elected officials, Democratic legislators, Democratic counties, club leaders, activists, Democrats all. I want you this morning 
to hold your heads high. I want you to feel proud, to feel good. I want you to be energized. I want you to be all of these things because as early as it is in these elections and the presidential elections, we're already on the road to victory. We have the momentum. We're connected to the people. We are truly addressing the issues. I've been reading something called the Periodic Column on Public Policy by Eugene Stagerly, and it is entitled, The Government We Deserve. Now, I've thought about this a lot, and I've particularly been thinking about it as we have watched the Republican presidential candidates in their so-called debates. I am amazed at what they have revealed about themselves. I have been amazed at how they have totally disrespected the office of the presidency and how they have viciously attacked this president. They have ignored and distorted all of the issues confronting this nation and the entire world. I cannot believe their lack of vision or strategies for jobs. This nation, public policymakers, legislators must All right, be that's enough. Life. I can't stand it anymore. I can't take it. I can't stand it anymore. That's enough. <sighs> Where to begin? Maxine Waters said that this liberal is going to be all about taking over and running your companies. Clearly, Maxine Waters is a socialist. She has said so on many occasions. Maxine Waters is all about running all of your companies, taking over. Clearly, Maxine Waters is one of those folks I talked about who wants to give you something for nothing. And by nothing, I mean just give her your support, give her your vote, and whatever she can take from the producers, she'll give to you. She'll dole it out. And all you need do is be a slave and be a mindless sheep and follow Maxine Waters and those like her. King Obama. We're going to get to it right now. A fascinating theory has advanced, has been advanced by Dick Morris, which in turn is being considered by Rush Limbaugh and other leading conservatives. Morris speculates that uh, the Obama HHS mandate on contraceptive sterilization and abort fantasize, uh, fantasant, uh, infants, in, <laughs> abort infants is a fight with the Catholic Church that Team Obama wants and with a focus based nearly on contraception, contraception not abort infants. Infants. I keep screwing that up. I don't know why. That's what the deal is. Not a lot of you folks know that Obama has something against 
women having babies. Take a listen to this clip, and then I'm going to tell you all about what it really means. As soon as the clip comes up, in the meantime, let's let's just go ahead and start talking about it until the clip comes up. <sighs> Washington, D.C., February 16, 2008. A pro-life nurse is seconding a statement made by Alan Keyes that Jesus Christ would not vote for Barack Obama. They're pointing to his support for infanticide. The jobs bill that's ever been presented, where is the Republican bill? They don't have a bill. They don't know anything about creating jobs. They simply want to get rid of President Obama. And rightly so. President Obama kept his word on ending the war in Iraq. All right, that's enough of that. All right. Here we go. Listen closely. I've got two daughters, nine year old, nine years old and six years old. If they make a mistake, I don't want them punished with a baby. My fiance and I want to have children one day. Just not right now. I mean, why should we be punished with a baby we don't want and can't afford? Our frat party got a little out of hand, and I hooked up with one of the girls from Beta Gamma. Uh, I'm paying for half of the abortion, but why should either one of us be punished with a baby we don't want? My husband and I thought we were done having kids. I mean, I've just gone back to work, and we just really can't afford this new one. Why should I, why should my family be punished with another baby? My boyfriend and I usually use a condom, but one night, well, you know. Anyways, I got pregnant. Why should I be punished with a baby? Over 90% of the 1.4 million abortions that take place each year in America terminate accidental pregnancies. In other words, abortion is used as just another form of birth control. If you believe this is okay, then vote for Barack Obama and Joe Biden. They're the most pro-abortion major party candidates to ever run for the White House. They have promised to do all they can to protect the so-called right to abortion for any reason, including birth control. But if you believe that over 40 million pre-born babies killed because someone made a mistake and got pregnant is wrong, then you owe it to your conscience and, yes, these babies, to cast your vote elsewhere. All right. Obama said that if his daughters make a mistake, I'm not sure what that mistake would be. I guess have sex without proper birth control. Then you wouldn't want them to be punished with a baby. Now, I remember my mom telling a story about how she had she'd found herself pregnant with me, her first son, her first child. And she had a career. She was one of the first Hispanic Marine officers. 
stationed at uh, Ro- U.S. Naval Station Roosevelt Roads in Puerto Rico, where she met my father. She became pregnant. Her mom and dad said, you have a long career ahead of you. You can always have children later on, implying that she should give strong consideration to aborting me, her first son. Of course, my mom was not at all pleased with that suggestion, stormed out of the house and didn't speak to her parents for years until they finally decided they were going to go ahead and apologize. So here we are. Same thing with Tim Tebow. Jen, uh, Jill Stanback. Jill Stanback, a nurse who discovered babies were being aborted alive and shelved to die in a soiled utility room while working at a hospital in Illinois and since has been a strong advocate against partial birth and live birth abortions, a policy that Barack Obama voted for and approved of, one of the few votes he cast in the Illinois Senate. Imagine that. So is there any, re- is there any doubt as to why he is such an advocate for abortions, for birth control? Imagine, your president... I know you're listening out there, Tracy. I know a lot of you all are listening out there. Your president advocated this policy. Imagine an aborted child, an aborted baby, still very much alive, shelved to die in soiled utility rooms. The child is alive. Imagine that. This is what your president wrought. Obama are articulately worried that legislation protecting live aborted babies might infringe on a woman's right to abortions. Obama's clinical discourse, his lack of mercy is shocking. Stenick said back then, Obama voted against the measure twice. It ultimately failed. Against the, mo- the, the, mo- the against the measure to protect So the reason Key said that Jesus Christ wouldn't vote for Barack Obama was because of Obama's fanatical support of abortion. To the point of condoning infanticide. That's what it is. When you take a baby from its mother, from the womb, abort that child, it's still alive, and you leave it in a, in a, in a soiled, filthy room to die? And our great, wise, mystical, wonderful president, Jesus Christ himself, according to some folks, voted for this measure. And now he sets up a fight with the Catholic Church. We have a call on the line. Caller, you're on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. 
Man, Doc, you you are saying what needs to be said again tonight. Hey, there he is. It's Sarge back on the line. Hey, Sarge. Hey, well, Doc, look, this man is, I think he is evil personified. At the best, a sort of, I don't know, sort of a casual, I'm with it, I'm kind of hip, amorality, at worst, a profound, pathological evil. I think he's personification of it. This fact alone, his support for this, this, this measure, this infanticidal measure, mm-hmm. this measure, which, by the way, he did say he was concerned that it would, ju- it would imperil the legal rationale behind Roe versus Wade. He clinically, dispassionately laid out his lawyer-like reasons as yep. to his concerns as to why, utterly devoid of humanity, completely, yeah. just clinical lawyer lingoese as to why this measure needed to be, this Born Alive Infant Protection Act in the Illinois Senate. And by the way, let's not forget, he also voted against the federal version in the United States Senate, the United States Senate. So he voted against it uh, as a state measure and as a federal measure. And by the way, I know Jill Stanek. She was a personal friend of mine. I used to live in Illinois. And mm-hmm. I, I remember speaking to her about this issue. And she was, and then the horror with which, uh, you know, she realized that, that in, 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 probably named Christ Hospital in mm-hmm. Oakland, Illinois, was allowing this practice to go on. And, uh, you know, and, and a, a stunned disbelief that Obama opposed it on, on so many measures. But I said, no, listen to him. He is, if you accept what he is, if you accept the fact that he is, in fact, a Marxist, uh, a political philosophy that has no regard for the lives of individual human beings whatsoever. They, are, they, are, they, they can be disposed of at will. They are, in that respect, very similar to mm-hmm. Nazis. You shouldn't at all be surprised. I mean, the, the, guy, the guy did what he did, and as far as I'm concerned, no decent voter could possibly want to support someone. I don't care what his other policies are. I, it, 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 I, I could care less. If you've got another choice between someone who would not condone or countenance such a thing, you are yeah. almost morally commanded. It's almost a moral imperative that you vote for the other person. This alone, exclusive of any other consideration, should be enough to make you disregard his viability as an elective office holder. That, you, you shouldn't need another reason. You shouldn't need another reason. Not at all. Not at all. And one wonders why, why this, this information, why this, this simple fact – hasn't persuaded more people to uh you know to turn against this guy how can you i mean he his popular his his popularity rating is still very high but if 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 he were just any guy off the street who voted or any any congressman or senator who voted for this legislation he would he would be vilified well yeah, it it makes me Despair for the uh, moral climate in this country. That so but many he's people supposed- are willing to move about it. We're still willing to, and, and it's not as though it, it hasn't. This attitude, this callous disregard for human life, hasn't surfaced in other ways. It, it, mm-hmm. it was it was made manifestly clear when he was speaking to a woman who was uh, speaking of her uh, elderly mother with a tremendous will to live, apparently. Who, who who would needed extra care that under Obama's proposals would not be uh, or probably not be allowed to her, he simply said, "Well, sometimes you just have to take a pain pill." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he told this woman in a debate 
Well, sometimes, you know, you just need to take a pain pill uh, and, and, and just go ahead and die, do, perform your duty to die, whether or not you have the money to pay for it yourself. Because, you know, we want to institute this great big socialist monster, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we want to create this thing for you. And your mother's just standing in the way of it. She needs to be brushed aside after all. You know, I mean, you know, like, well, what, what was that Hitler say? What is the individual? The individual yeah. dies anyway. Yeah. The greater yeah. life, the greater good is for the greater commonweal of the nation. And and, 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 and you speak, of course, in regards to the mm-hmm. casualties of Germans that sustained at Stalingrad. But, you know, you could kind of export that to Obama at that particular moment. It's the same sort of mentality. It's and no, same. I'm not taking it back. Right. I'm not taking it back any comparison with Hitler or Nazi. No, I'm saying it's the same. It is There's the no same. There's no functional distinction. And, and it's amazing to me. It really is amazing to me how we see these things play out over the centuries uh, through history where, as you stated, uh, the, the Soviet Union, they basically have the same policies. You know, each these despots, uh, uh, socialist, communist leaders, uh, uh, they all seem to think right along the same lines, and Obama is no different. Abor- I mean, and I'm not going to suggest that he is Hitler-like. In 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 some ways, he he is. But uh, you know, to suggest that it's okay to abort live children, live babies, and put them in a storage room to die. This is not the first I'd heard of it. I'd heard. I I lived. I'm from Chicago too, sorry, just like you. So, you know, we knew about these things. It played out, you know, in our home state, in our hometown, and but the public at large really doesn't get it. And Obama picking a fight with the Catholic Church is very telling. Also, the church is 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 quite powerful, especially here in the United States. If he can, if he can marginalize the Catholic Church, that increases his power, and he's yeah. seeking to do so. Through this contraceptive, uh, uh, forcing the church to accept uh, paying for these contraceptives or offering contraceptives, it's undermining the Catholic Church. That's all he really wants to do. And, and to some extent, the Catholic Church, through its leadership, is hoist on its own petard because they endorse the, uh, the idea of federal health care and Obamacare. Mm-hmm. And now it's coming back to literally bite them in the rear end. All of this with this guy. You can't sup. The, your spoon cannot be long enough to sup with this devil. Somebody tell the Catholic bishops that. Well, the Catholic bitches, bishops are fighting back, and, uh, and, and, and God bless them, no pun intended, for doing so. You know, I like to call the guy a moron and an idiot. And any other name I can think of. But quite frankly, the strategy is brilliant. He undermines any political group, any group that has power, marginalizes that group, and thus in the process increases his own power. Even though the Catholic Church by and large voted for Obama and supported his Obamacare, 
he still wants to throw them under the bus. Of course, they're religious. Exactly. And, and they're uncompromising on certain things that he is absolutely uh, enamored of, considers a, a liberal uh, a sacrament, particularly abortion. So he's going to smile at him, and he'd put up this great big promise of uh, expiation for America's racial sins, and that yep. would make them set aside their compunctions about him or their unease with certain aspects of him. And uh, he was right. Well, he was right. It, it, it worked to a large extent. I wish I had the clip of Obama speaking in, I think it was 2007, 2006, where he said that the um, the Catholic Church uh, took the high ground or the high or or, or 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 hijacked the moral ground. Or I can't remember the exact phrase the phrases that he used, but if Obama can successfully frame the debate, it'll be easy to make great headway on the assault on the Roman Catholic Church. And there's a great article in The American Thinker, which I have right here in front of me, that says, that says just that. It's Obama's Catholic Church gambit, lesson, lessons from American communists. And, and that article lays it out that Obama is seeking to marginalize the church in an effort to increase his own power and standing. And he he's had this in mind for 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 a, for a very long time, even before he became a state senator. The guy is is making all the wrong moves. You know, he was up at fifty percent approval just a few days ago, and now he's back down to forty three percent. And uh, Diane talked about it on her show, Freedom Wings, earlier today. How it's improbable. It makes no sense whatsoever that this president should be anywhere near 50% at this time. Gas prices are skyrocketing. Do you have thought on it? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he should be anywhere near 35%. I actually believe the true, his true, uh, it, 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 you know, other than the surface polls, yeah. you know, people who are just willing to say, well, they're not particularly disturbed by him. You yeah. talk about true outright <laughs> approval of him. I don't think it's anything more than thirty five percent. So help me. I so do, do you, not. Do you do you believe what the poll the polls do you do you Absolutely follow not. polls? Yes, I do. And I don't mm -hmm. believe them. I just don't. I'm gonna say this again. I'm putting myself on a limb because a lot of people keep telling me how wrong and how viable he is. He mm -hmm. is not viable. He will be defeated decisively this time around. The only question is which Republican candidate will be able to beat him the most decisively? They yeah. can all beat him at least significantly. Maybe one of them will beat him decisively. He is going down to one of the biggest losses in the history of the United States presidential election since James Earl Carter. Yeah. I believe yeah. this. I believe this absolutely. I cannot believe this man has agonized. More support than when he started, and he won by 53% the first time around in the popular vote. Yeah, a lot I of, just don't believe it. A lot of folks are saying that he he worked against a very weak candidate in John McCain and that he he barely eked out a victory. He did not win by a landslide. He did not have a mandate as he as, – as I'm sure he and a lot of other people believed. You know, John McCain was not a strong candidate. Feeble. He was feeble. Horrid yeah. performance. It, it, the worst it, I can remember seeing in a, in, a, in a presidential candidate. Just terrible. 
Well, here we have a president who, even though the jobless numbers are going down, gas prices are necessarily skyrocketing. There are at least 15 million Americans out of work. He's assaulted the church. He has stated numerous times that he intends to go around Congress to get things done for the American people. He set himself up pretty much as a as a as a as a, as a ruler of the United States when consistently suggesting or stating that he's going to go around Congress and that the Constitution is outdated and he wishes he could do this or that, but that pesky Constitution keeps getting in his way. You're right. This guy should be he should they should be he should be they should be riding him out on the rail right here and now. But you know what? The Congress, the Republican Congress, I believe, are spineless. They are they're in my opinion, they are afraid to lose the majority. They're afraid to do anything radical that might jeopardize the majority uh, th that's coming up because the elections are coming up in November, and a lot of those seats are up for grabs. So yeah. they don't want – they want to hold on to as many seats as they can so they can keep control of the House instead of challenging this guy. You know, Still, yeah. there's been no challenge to his recess appointments unless you no. know something that I don't. Somebody no. should have challenged that no. in court. Nobody has. He no keeps get, he keep, he keeps stepping. He puts one toe over the line. Then and nobody does anything. He he steps another two toes over. Next now he's got a whole foot over, and nobody's doing anything. The Republican. Well, again, uh, I tell you, if these polls are correct, Doc. If these polls are correct, then uh, you know we need to know because we need to know the danger of the country is in. The absolute oblivion of the voting electorate or its outright amorality. But whatever it is, we need to find out because we're going to have to deal with something so horrible that the country may not be able to survive its very own electorate. If they think this man is worthy of another four years with this sort of a record, this sort of a uh, – it's not like – you maybe could understand it the first time, right? Because we were bamboozled by the yeah. press. Yeah. They wouldn't allow us to see what, what this creature really was. You know, you know, he was like an iceberg. You just let him see his a bright exterior, and all that was hidden underneath the nine tenths of the iceberg that's underneath the water. They made sure we didn't get a look at it. We couldn't put our diving gear on. They wouldn't put their diving gear on <laughs> to look to see what was under the water. Yeah. Consequently, I can understand him being bamboozled the first time. Right? He's got a record now. He I mean, does. It's, it's not, he's got a record. And, and by the way, I will never again call him uh, uh, inexperienced now because he's got. On-the-job training. Didn't do nothing with it. Made no. an absolute mess out of it. Now he does have experience, so we can't claim that anymore. But he's just now utterly incompetent and, worse than that, malevolently destructive of what makes this country great. So do you think – if they think, still choose to vote for him after this, we need to know it because this country, frankly, can it's got to be done for well, you know what? Maybe, maybe there are there's a group of Republicans. Maybe John Boehner and crew believe that pretty much as you do that Barack Obama is done, and that the recess appointments that he's made really won't matter in just a few months because he'll be gone, and that'll be the end of that. That's the only thing. It's the only mindset I can think of as to why even these recess appointments aren't challenged. But that's not leadership. These guys have an obligation to do more than just get elected. And I know it's of paramount importance to get elected, but they should be able to lead. 
They have a cause around which they can lead. We have a malevolently destructive president with an alien epistemology running this country. Why won't they say it? They won't say it because they fear alienating independence and thus jeopardizing the the strong possibility of relieving Barack Obama of his duties in just a few short months. That's my take on it. That's that's my that, that that's that's what I think. So I think the prevent defense. You know, the prevent yeah. defense gets whooped an awful lot. It sure does. Have you noticed? Yeah. Have you noticed? Yeah. Of course, of course. But I don't think it's going to work. I, you know, it may work. It may work. But uh, somehow, I don't think so. I think that Obama is, you know, he he's he's vulnerable. But then, upon what basis are they going to have? Because I'm looking. Actually, since I am, I already see Obama, and I'm assuming, you know, the parties do what they have to do as far as due diligence, working hard, getting their base out, explaining yeah. their message, vigorously opposing Obama. I mean, I'm talking about the norms. I'm not talking about just yeah. sit back and I'll put it on autopilot. I'm saying you do what has to be done to win an election. If we do that, I see his defeat as a foregone conclusion. I'm asking, on what moral basis or any other basis? Are they going to have to do what has to be done to right this country and set it on the right course if they're not willing to upset the moderates? At some point, in order to undo this governance, they're going to have to upset the moderates and be willing to confront them on the matters of policy and spending that are are going to have to be done in order to save this country from economic collapse and ruin. So when are they ever going to be willing to confront the moderates and and and, and the independents? I don't see what basis they'll ever have to do so, which means they're going to let the country proceed toward ruination anyway. You're absolutely right. They and the the the, Demo- the Democrats are emboldened now because the Republicans have been playing nice for such a long time. They did so during the Clinton years. They're doing the very same thing now. They're 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 you know they're bringing, as Obama clearly stated not so long ago, a knife to a gunfight. You know. Civilized, yes, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to be the voice of reason. But when you're being stomped on consistently by this, 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 uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know what to call a guy anymore. There's just just too many names available. But when 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 you're in a situation where you're being challenged over and over again, and Obama is mesmerizing the American public. By consistently pointing out his vision that the Congress really doesn't matter, and if the Congress won't bend to his will, then he's just going to go around the Congress. He'll declare Congress null and void so he can, quote, get things done for the American people, end quote. At some point, if Obama wins re-election, he'll he'll pretty much declare the Congress… Void. The Congress won't yeah, matter. I think there are large degrees accepted Jesse Jackson Jr.'s advice. Essentially, declare the Congress to be in rebellion against the president, and uh, enact the sort of measures Abraham Lincoln took during the war between the states. Exactly. <laughs> and, and if he wins re-election, that's exactly what he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's what happens when you get people like Mitt Romney, who, for instance, uh, as Mark Levin quite so. So aptly pointed out, 
that when he was called to task about free market capitalism, I'm not talking about crony fascist capitalism, I'm talking about mm-hmm. free market capitalism, and he was called, in effect, to defend it, he did so at best tepidly, half-heartedly, yeah. as though he was ashamed of it, and there was something wrong with it. Instead of coming to a forthright defense as to why free market capitalism is, in fact, the most moral, the most just economic system thus far devised, he sits up there saying that he's not really this and he's not really that and all blah, 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 blah. He did that. And you see, this, this is, is the same thing you see with Boehner and many of these other people. When called to defend the free market capitalism and the founding traditions of this country and federalism and constitutional principles and individual rights, they are unable to do it. They act as though it's a waste of time. That people want some sort of pragmatic, practical solution, and, and you know, while this guy is literally showing how diametrically opposed he is to him, and our so-called leadership is unable to espouse the reasons as to why he's supposed to be opposed, why he is wrong in so many ways on principle, on the very nature of the things he wants to do. This scared to say anything. Yeah. Yeah, for fear that they will alienate a segment of voters that they can't afford to lose. It's it's and, it's and it's. I know it's they know these people have been trained by cultural Marxist professors in the ivy-covered North Korea's called college campuses and universities. And I understand why they're afraid to try to bucket, but they better. They somebody better should start. get somebody should get they each hire member. Somebody who knows how to do it. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Somebody should get. Uh, pass out copies of the book that John F. Kennedy did not write, Profiles in Courage, and pass them out on the House floor. Because even though the rumor has it that John F. Kennedy did not actually write that book, the examples in the book are are, are, are right on point. Profiles in Courage. Do the things you need to do. You know, even if it means losing your seat somewhere down the road. Now, I understand there's a there's a double edged side there's a double it's a double edged sword because a lot of folks a lot of Democrats thought that they were doing what they needed to do regardless of whether or not you know they they would hold their seats and a lot of them are gone and that example is Obamacare you know they they felt that they needed to go ahead and do that regardless of whether or not you know it was popular and the American and the American people were going to you know rebel against it and a lot of folks are going to lose their seat however. With Republicans, somebody's got to stop this guy, and I mean legally if necessary. But they, they don't—they seem quite reluctant to do anything that will upset their chances of maintaining the House and possibly taking the Senate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, well, we, we, well, look, I think we're in a, we're in a battle to save our country. Doc, you're doing the Lord's work. You're doing a superb job. Keep it up. Ripples in a pond, man. we got to spread them out like ripples in a pond. No doubt. Tells another and tells another and so on and so forth, and we got to keep this going. You're absolutely right. Thanks for calling in, Sarge. We are out of time. I want to thank everybody tonight uh, for tuning in. Thank everybody. Got some new people in the chat room. That is always a good thing. It's always welcome. We are out. Good night, folks. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. Thank you. Sarge made the show once again. God bless you. Help us keep the devil way down in the hole. When you walk through the garden, you gotta watch your back. Well,
Keep the devil 